Hey everyone, it's so good to be connecting with you online. It is my honor to be to share this morning with us. And whenever you're watching, I pray that this will hopefully inspire you, equip you. I pray that it will challenge you. And I pray that it will help all of us grow into everything that God wants us to be this year. Each year we have a theme. And this year, as Pastor Jim shared last week, we're really focusing on health matters. We're going to be looking throughout the year at different aspects of health and how we can be healthy both as a church and as individuals. We're really excited about all that God is going to do in us and through us this year. And as I was preparing for this message, I knew that we were focusing on prayers and I really want to talk about healthy prayers or a healthy prayer life and why it's so important. But as I was preparing for this message, I was really drawn to a character in the Bible and a certain passage and particularly one verse that I think we can really learn from this morning. And I want to read from Daniel and I'm going to read one verse and I'll read that in a few moments to, be, to give a little bit of context for time's sake. Daniel is a character in the Bible who he's an Israelite. He's one of God's chosen people, but the Israelites had made a mistake, they'd messed up, they'd walked away from God, and God had punished them by allowing Babylon to come and conquer them, and they'd been taken captive. And Daniel, along with a few friends, is a captive in the land of Babylon, but he's chosen out of a group to come and serve in the king's courts. And Daniel distinguishes himself and ends up one of three administrators in the kingdom of Babylon. He's one of the king's most important advisors. And eventually, this starts to annoy some of the people in Babylon because Daniel isn't one of them. And so they try to find a fault in Daniel. They get jealous of him. They want to get rid of him. So they look at Daniel's character. But all they can find in Daniel is that he's honorable. He's honest. He's hardworking. He's got integrity. Daniel, they could find no fault in his character. So they then try and find fault in his actual work, but they find that Daniel is incredibly competent. Daniel is full of competency. Daniel has an extraordinary spirit about him. He's got extraordinary ability about him. God has put him in this position of influence. And the Bible says in Daniel 6 that these advisors who want to get rid of Daniel, the only thing they could find fault in him was his faith in God, which we know is not a fault. But they thought, we can use this to finally get rid of Daniel. And so they come to the king and they basically play up to the king's ego and they present it in a way, you can read it in Daniel chapter 6, I'm paraphrasing for now, but they pretty much say, oh king, you are so amazing, you're so wonderful, we've got this great idea. Why don't you make it into law that no one should worship anyone or anything other than you, O king, for the next 30 days? And the king thinks this is such a wonderful idea. So the king puts this into law and it takes effect immediately. You see, anytime someone, side note, anytime someone comes up to you and is like, oh wonderful one, oh precious one, they're normally going to ask for a favor. But the king doesn't see that. He just thinks, hey, that's a good idea. So they conspire behind Daniel's back and they sign this into law. 
And then I want to read Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. It's from the New American Standard Bible. It reads like this. Now, when Daniel learned that the document was signed, he entered his house. And in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and offering praise before his God, just as he had been doing previously. As the story goes, Daniel ends up getting caught because they were watching for this. They knew that Daniel would be tripped up. So he gets thrown into the lion's den, if you don't know the story. But the very next day, he walks out of the lion's den completely unharmed because God saves him. But the reason I was drawn to this passage, as we focus on prayer at the start of this month and healthy prayers and healthy prayer life, is that I would say that Daniel is able to be used by God because of his healthy prayer life. I'm not saying that you need to go to the roof of your house or open a window towards Jerusalem. I'm not saying you have to kneel and pray three times a day, but it's quite clear that Daniel was in the habit of praying. And I don't think it's a coincidence that because Daniel prayed, or was in the habit of praying, God was able to do something that completely goes beyond anything our brains can imagine. Humans would get eaten by lions, hands down, if there was no one there to protect us. I've seen lions, I've seen the David Attenborough shows, lions are quite awesome, they're majestic, but they are terrifying. But the first thing I note here with Daniel, that the healthy prayer life builds healthy character. I've said this so many times before, but when I spend time praying with God, what happens is I begin to change. God begins to work on my heart. The thing that changes most when I pray is me. My attitudes begin to change. My frustrations begin to change. I become more like Jesus. When I've spent more time praying, my character becomes healthier. I become less agitated. I become less angry. I become, I react better to situations. I become better able to deal with stress in my life. I become better able to deal with anguish that might come my way. You see, Daniel in this situation, he never asked to be captive. Daniel was never the problem. Daniel wasn't at fault. Daniel didn't ask for this. One might even argue Daniel never deserved this. Yet he found himself in captivity. But the Bible says that Daniel continued to pray just as he had always done. So it's quite clear that Daniel was in the habit of praying. Even when life around him wasn't fair. Even though he was in pain. Even though it cost him. Why? Because Daniel recognized that if I can have a healthy prayer life, it will build my character. Daniel never asked to be appointed to the king's inner circle. Daniel never asked to be promoted. Daniel never asked for any of these things, but because he had a healthy prayer life, he was able to develop a healthy character. And when you have an healthy character, a healthy character, sorry, God can use you for his glory because God sees your heart. God sees your character. You see, character is that thing. Character is who you are when nobody else is watching. 
And I believe that because Daniel spent time habitually every day in God's presence through prayer, God was able to shape his character. God was able to mold him. Anne Frank, who many of you may or may not know, she was a child who had a diary during the Holocaust. She wrote this. Parents can only give advice or put them on the right path. But the final forming of a person's character lies in their own hands. For me, the start of being healthy, the start of this year, the start of building healthy character starts by spending time with Jesus in prayer. Your character is your responsibility. It's, if you have bad character, if you've been known for having bad character, it's nobody else's fault apart from your own. And I pray that you will recognize this morning that you can begin to build good character. Daniel's healthy prayer life allowed him to build a healthy character. And his healthy character opened up doors of opportunity for God to do the miraculous in his life. You see, there's a Bible verse in Romans which says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And another verse in 1 Corinthians says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You see, Daniel could have easily got himself caught up with the crowd. Daniel could have easily belittled his faith. Daniel could have easily compromised. I mean, who, like, how much easier would it have been in the world for Daniel for 30 days to not pray to our God? How easy would it have been for Daniel to not do that? To spend time with that crowd. But, but Daniel made a decision, I'm going to spend time with Jesus because I want to build good character. I'm going to reject bad company and I'm going to focus on good company. Who would you call bad company in your life? See, the Bible teaches us that bad company corrupts good com character. What company do you keep? Are the people who influence your life making you more like Jesus or do they make you more like our world? Do they make you more like what the fruit of the spirits are? Or do they make you more of what the world is? When you spend time with God, what happens is you begin to look at others in a different light instead of looking at yourself. I challenge you this morning that a healthy prayer life, spending time with Jesus is good company. And his good company will build good character. The opposite must also be true. If bad company corrupts good character, good company can only build good character. Spend time with Jesus. A healthy prayer life helps to build good character. The second thing I note here, with Daniel, his healthy prayers lead to healthy choices. Daniel still had the choice to make. I just touched on it. How easy could it have been to compromise his faith for only 30 days? It poses a great question. And as much as you and I maybe don't face the same, if you deny your faith, we'll put you in the lion's den. The same spirit of compromise that Daniel faced is the same spirit of compromise that we face today. We're asked to 
compromise to societal pressures, to reject God, to reject the truth, and to abandon what the Word of God says. Heather and I, we love to watch TV shows. And recently we've been watching an old TV show, 24, that I've seen and Heather hasn't. And in it, the character Jack Bauer, oftentimes it's quite graphic because he's trying to extract information. I'll let you picture whatever you want to picture. But Heather and I, we pose this question to one another as we watch one of the more recent episodes of, would you go through that for Jesus? If people put that pressure on you, how would you respond? Now, I'm glad that none of us have been tortured on behalf of Jesus. I'm thankful that that's not happening to you right this moment. I hope it isn't. But that same pressure to reject God, to deny him, to put others above him is the same pressure we face in social media. It's the same pressure we face in school and in university, in our workplace, and sometimes even in our families. You know, the friendships and relationships that we have, but the Bible says that those who honor him, he will honor. But we live in a society which puts huge pressure to deny the one true God that says there's many gods, that there's many different ways to truth. This is the society we live in. And it can be so easy to make the easy choice to say, do you know what? You can have your truth and I can just have my truth and we'll just leave each other alone. But church... Our world needs a church that stands up and is willing to say there is only one true God, that his name is Jesus and he is the answer and the hope of this planet. And I believe that we as a church, when we can have a healthy prayer life, we'll make healthy choices that build up our society. It's not to say that we're better than anyone else because the reality is we're all sinners saved by grace who have been turned into saints. We are all God's workmanship and God's masterpiece. But the reality is we need to stand up for the truth and healthy prayer lives lead to healthy choices. There's only one true God. And I believe that if you struggle with these issues, if you struggle with compromise, if you struggle with actually speaking out and saying, do you know what, I believe in Jesus and I believe that Jesus is the answer we're looking for. If you struggle with telling people, by the way, I go to church, I believe that Jesus changed my life. If you struggle with these, I want to encourage you that this year, this year of all years, get a healthy prayer life. Why? Because when you spend time with Jesus and your prayer life on a regular basis, you'll be able to make healthy choices. You'll be able to get a boldness that you never had before. God's spirit can move in your hearts and give you a spirit of boldness that allows you to stand on the truth of who God says that you are. You can step in and give answers to the world's problem. Why? Because we have the hope of humanity in our hearts and his name is Jesus but it starts with having a healthy prayer life make prayer your habit and you'll make healthy choices and the final thing I know from Daniel's story because we know that I believe that healthy prayer life helps to build healthy character I believe that a healthy prayer life will lead to you making healthy choices but the final thing I know is that healthy prayers lead to holy moments. You know, Daniel had a healthy prayer life. He refused to compromise. He stood firm in his faith in God, who is also our God, and it led to the holiest of moments. You see, Daniel steps out of the lion's den, completely unharmed. The king then throws his enemies into the den instead of Daniel. You notice how Daniel never had to take out his enemies. God done it for him through the king. 
Because you don't have to respond to your enemies because Jesus has already defeated them. So we just have to lift up the name of Jesus and stand on his word. But then what happens is because of Daniel's faith, the king decrees, and you can read it in Daniel chapter 6, that everyone must tremble in fear and worship the one true king, Daniel's king, the king of kings. And the nation who went from worshiping a king on earth worshiped the king of kings. Why? Because Daniel had a healthy prayer life that led to a holy moment. What's a holy moment? A holy moment is when God uses someone to see other people come to faith in him. I believe that in 2021, if we make a decision that we're going to have healthy prayer lives, we're going to see holy moments, not just in a church building or in a life group, but I believe we can see holy moments in your home. I believe we can see holy moments in your street. I believe that we will see holy moments all across Ayrshire. I believe that God is waiting for people to have a healthy prayer life so that we can see healthy moments, holy moments. You see, if we flash forward from Daniel just for a moment, we can go to the New Testament, the second part of the Bible in the book of Acts. And in, verse, in chapter 16 of Acts, verse 25, we find Paul and Silas, who are two Christians who have been put in prison for declaring that Jesus is Lord, that he was alive and he was the hope for humanity. It's dark. It's about midnight and they are bound in chains. It seems like all hope is lost. But what happens is they begin to pray. They begin to worship as was their custom, just like Daniel did. They are told to be silent, but they refuse to be silent. They just sing a little louder. In the presence of their enemies, they just sing a little louder. They, in the midst of disbelief, in the midst of unbelief, they just begin to sing a little louder. You know, they realize that their weapon is a melody, that your worship is a weapon that can lead to holy moments. Because when we have a healthy prayer life, it doesn't matter what you throw at me. It doesn't matter what you say at me. It doesn't matter what chains might try and bind my heart. I can literally create holy moments. And as they begin to worship, as they begin to pray, the physical chains fall off. Not just them, but the chains fall off every prisoner in the prison. And things begin to change. The ground begins to shake. Things begin to change. And in a holy moment, the chains fell off. So much to the point where the Roman guard is so freaking out, thinking the jailer who was responsible for the prison sees the chains have fell off and he's about to end his life because he can't cope realizing I've messed up. But yet not one prisoner has left. Why? Because there was something holy about this moment. And people recognize a holy moment. And I present this idea to you. Every prisoner, apart from Paul and Silas, they thought that they were free when their chains fell off. But Paul and Silas recognized they were already free before their chains fell off. And I think those other prisoners recognized something about this and they realized this Jesus that they pray to, this Jesus that they worship, there's something about them, there's something about that name that we need a part of that. You see, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And Jesus offers a freedom that goes beyond any natural chains. Jesus offers a freedom that's greater than breaking free from addiction, though he can break that. Jesus offers a freedom that goes beyond breaking the cycles of poverty, though we believe he can end that. Jesus 
offers a freedom that goes beyond breaking the chains of depression and anxiety or of suicidal thoughts. Jesus offers a freedom that goes beyond anything that this world could ever offer us. And it is a freedom that we can live forever in his grace and his mercy. And we can spend eternity in heaven with him. And that is the holiest of moments. When heaven and earth collide and we realize that Jesus, we're nothing without you. You see, I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what your midnight hours look like. I don't know what has kept you captive. I don't know what change try and holds you back. They probably aren't physical. But there are so many things that can feel like they trap us. But I want you to know. Right here, right now. That when we have a healthy prayer life, it can lead to holy moments. You know, you might have never prayed to God before. You might have never prayed to Jesus before. Well, I believe right now that I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you to pray with me for the first time perhaps. A simple prayer. I'm going to ask that God can free us from the inside to the out. That Jesus can set us free from our sin, from our brokenness, from our shame. And I believe that Jesus is desperate to answer that prayer. You see, the reason Jesus came is we are sinful. We messed up. We are far from perfect, which was the standard God required. And so it required a sacrifice that none of us were able to pay. So Jesus stepped down from heaven to earth to be born at Christmas. He lived a sinless and perfect life, full of healthy prayers, which helped him to build healthy character. Because he had a healthy prayer life, he made healthy choices. And because of his healthy prayer life, when, the, when all the chips were down, so to speak, Jesus at his weakest moment in a garden said a prayer. And his prayer was not my will but yours. And that meant that Jesus died on a cross, despising the shame that you carry, despising the shame that I carry, despising the sin, the failures, and everything that holds us back, everything that bounds us. But Jesus, three days later, stepped out of a grave to create the holiest of all moments, where heaven and earth collided so that we could live in freedom that goes beyond anything that this world could offer. And so I want to invite you, if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you're bound and you want to say yes to him, you want to live in the freedom that he offers, I want to invite you to say this prayer after me, after which the worship team are going to sing. And we'll close this meeting. Dear Jesus, thank you for setting me free. I give my life to you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to connect with you, to encourage you as you begin to unpack this journey with Jesus. If you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, you'll see a link in our description that says next steps. If you click on that link, you can pop in your details and we would love to have our next steps team connect with you. If you're watching on our church platform, you'll see the raise hand button. If you click on that, it'll take you to the same part of our website under next steps 
You know, Jesus is the answer for our humanity. He is the hope of the world. And we are so excited as you begin this journey with him. I hope you've been encouraged by this message. We are going to worship as we close this service. Everyone stay safe. God bless you. And may you know that healthy prayer life builds healthy character, leads to healthy choices, and creates holy moments. Stay safe, everyone. God bless you.